Hi, I'm Alex. And I'm Nikki. Welcome to Swipe Fat. Where dating's hard. But dating when you're fat is even harder. So if you're a Patreon member, we like to say happy birthday to you guys. Um, This month we have Jaylene, Sarah, and Alicia. Um, Is their birthdays. And happy birthday, guys. Happy happy birthday. So happy to have you on Patreon. Now for something serious. <laughs> That's how you're going to segue it. I mean, I mean, what else am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> you just, you turned your off your mic earlier because you were so nervous about it. Anxious. <laughs> anxious. That's um, what today's episode is all about yeah. is anxious attachment styles. Um, I was on Instagram and, you know, like in your explore page, things pop up that they think are... <laughs> Mm-hmm. pertinent to you apparently instagram thinks i have an anxious attachment style which is true um i have known this for a while um but this post i saw by this particular trauma um mindset coach just really hit me in the feels um so we invited candice tamara on to talk about anxious attachment styles and mindset coaching um she grew up in an extremely toxic environment um, and grew up with like very deep inner wounds of abandonment and rejection and not feeling good enough, um, overcame this and is now helping others with um, trauma coaching. She also has a podcast called Fuck Trauma um, about helping okay. people over, yeah, I know it's funny, overcoming your past and having healthy, loving relationships. Um, so we are super excited to have her on today. Um, so yeah, here Let's we go. Let's jump into the convo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's just at first I thought we were already <laughs> that's what I was thinking Are yeah. we recording? we're recording, we're recording. say that all again Alex <laughs> okay okay <laughs> so how this all came about um was I was on Instagram and we earlier Nikki and I were talking about me, like getting diagnoses from TikTok or Instagram but I saw an Instagram post of yours Candice and it said um like love our anxious attachment style is like being addicted to love um mm-hmm. and that hit me in the feels and then I was going through your whole post and I was like yeah that's me that's me um so that's that's why we're here <laughs> yay um thank you so much um for having and if you don't know already I was anxiously attached as well so I right. totally get it and hence why my content is so direct because I've had all of those thoughts and done all of those things yeah I mean maybe tell us a little bit about how you sort of like figured it out and Mm. I don't want to say like well I guess healed right healed yourself too I mean that's got to be really difficult so how did you like figure out you were anxiously attached and how did you go about like the steps to like figure out how to like fix it yeah absolutely so um you can totally fix it I'm not going to say that it's not um something you have to continue to work on you do but once you do you know do the steps and do the things it makes it so much easier for it to not have control over you and I think that is the difference is when you're actually attached and you'll probably know the anxiety just like makes you react from that place and the difference is that you stop reacting from that place and you can see it for what it is so I was actually attached my whole life um I have I suffered a lot of trauma as a child and I, and I have 
deep abandonment and rejection wounds from both of my caregivers. Um, so, but I, I had no idea what anxious attachment style was. I had no idea about attachment styles, which a lot of people do not know. And so I went into relationships that were like, you know, I got married really young because of my trauma and I got married and I thought this was the answer and they were going to fix and save me. And actually I ended up fixing and saving them, although I can't, you can't save anyone. Right. Um, but, but that is just part of anxious attachment style. That's some of the symptoms that come up. So even though in that relationship, I didn't necessarily feel anxiety, I was people pleasing I was fixing I was saving and they are very much symptoms of it but I had no idea and then I might actually be anxious attachment then okay okay let's keep going sorry Uh, Um, (laughs) and then and then I went into you know I had some time by myself and then I went into a relationship with an avoidant attachment style which I very much speak about a lot because it causes something called the anxious and avoidant trap now I didn't know that I was anxious and I didn't know that they were avoidant they did they didn't know I didn't know no one knew and it caused like this push-pull dynamic of like we'd get close and then they'd pull away and then my abandonment wound which if anyone doesn't know an anxious attachment style is because you have an abandonment wound and that abandonment wound can be physical but most of the time it's emotional it's that you were neglected there was there was just a need that wasn't quite met for you and it doesn't mean your parents were terrible. It doesn't mean necessarily that you had this huge trauma. Some cases it is, some cases it's not. It's just that something quite wasn't quite met for you and it's caused this basically. So um, yeah, so I was in that dynamic for like four years and, and it was painful and I had no idea. And every time they would leave because they couldn't handle conflict, um I would get so triggered I would be like a mess like I I literally I didn't know what was going on like I couldn't control myself um and I did everything for four years to get this person to love me not leave me please please like you know and uh it it did nothing because eventually they did because they weren't you know it wasn't right and it was the right thing to do and so after that was when I um figured out very quickly. I was always into self-development my entire life because of the trauma that I experienced. I was always reversing my trauma responses, but this was like the final piece for me um, and made so much sense as to why I self-abandoned so much and why I struggled to have healthy relationships. And so I, yeah, figured that out, diagnosed myself and, and went on the journey of like changing all of those patterns, reversing all of those patterns. So I know that we, um, for anyone who doesn't know, like, can you talk through the attachment styles really quickly so that people kind of like get an idea of what they are? I think most people like know what they are at this point, but some might not. I think you'd be surprised. I think a lot of people come to me because they've like have no idea. They didn't even realize they see my post. I see that all the time because you know my posts are very particular to behaviors mm-hmm. um so they can identify themselves with themselves but there is there's four different attachment styles there's three of them are insecure attachment styles so the secure attachment style is the secure attachment style um which is great and then the, the three insecure ones are anxious attachment style which is the one that I specialize in and we're talking about today. Then there's the avoidant attachment style, which is the complete opposite of the anxious attachment style. You know, they're 
trauma responses are different, their needs are different. And then there is the um, fearful avoidant attachment style, which is a combination of anxious and avoidant attachment style. Mm. I feel like people don't talk about that one as much. No, I've never heard of that one. Yeah. That's interesting. I um maybe. I mean, I definitely t- talk about it quite a lot, but I think I mean it get- makes sense that you could be both. That's yeah. not on the online quiz. <laughs> <laughs> it it does well, the thing is I'd be careful because I think a lot of people here, there's one that's anxious and avoidant and they go, Oh my god, that's me. Because sometimes they'll meet someone, they might be a man will say this is a woman and um, they might meet a man that's really into them and really keen and it makes them more avoidant and they think oh my god I must be both right Mm. I don't think that's the case I think the fearful avoidant is the hardest one to treat and this person is very difficult and this person is very scared of commitment and intimacy and is very very different so um so I would be careful to anyone that automatically goes oh you know sometimes I'm avoidant sometimes I'm anxious I get that and sometimes people can bring that out in us more but I think we have to look at our underlying tendencies and and that tends to be kind of that I think one or the other that makes sense um okay so let's go back to anxious attachment style since this is really what um drew me to you and obviously is your expertise um I I think the thing that I saw you talk about the most was like this love bombing thing and why does it work so well on like an anxious attachment style because I think that's definitely happened to me a lot where I'm like oh I'm like in love because someone has love bombed me I feel like I've definitely worked through that because we have this podcast (laughs) um but it you know that always like really worked on me where I was like oh he's obsessed with me and we're obsessed and now we're getting married type vibes Mm -hmm. so okay so at the core of anxious attachment style there is the belief that you're not good enough and it's subconscious and it comes from childhood and then there is an inner child inside of you uh you know a little girl that didn't get the needs that they needed met and didn't get the love that they required so that void is there and often will not change until we do the work on ourselves to change that void and give that void to ourselves but a lot of us don't realize this um so we end up looking for it in other people and actually attachment style is very much about external validation it's about the external we have learned to self-abandon ourselves from little girls or boys, whoever's listening, um, from we we have learned to abandon ourselves, abandon our needs, and they do not matter. Is what we've subconsciously learned as children for other people, and likely that probably would have been your caregivers or one of them, whatever that was. If you were people pleased as a child, if you walked on eggshells, you did all these kind of things. It's it's because you were self abandoning, and you've learned that's the way to get love. So in your relationships as adults, that's automatically the role that you just play because that's what you've learned love to be. So when somebody comes along and they love bomb you, so love bombing tends to be a term around narcissists using it in terms of manipulation, which can definitely be the case. And narcissism is very, you know, anxious attachment style 
can be prey to narcissists because we have no boundaries and we give everything and we are quick to blame ourselves anyway so gaslight us all you like because because we're, we're going to accept it because we think these things already because we already have these voids in us um so you can definitely get prone to that and some of us might even have caregivers that had narcissistic traits so you're even more prone to that um but at the same time if we take away the narcissism, there's also love bombing can happen between emotionally unavailable people. So insecure attachment styles, which are highly attracted to each other, so anxious and avoidant, for instance, it's like it can create this thing of, oh my God, you're gonna fill my voids at the beginning. And it creates this kind of love bombing kind of thing. There's a little girl inside of you that's fantasizing about love, right. you know? So this person comes along and, you go oh my god I, I I found them I found the one the one that's going to save me fix me everything everything I've ever needed I found them and automatically you'll just not even look at red flags you will look at you won't even check how compatible this person is because of those feelings that are going on for you which is really just that little girl inside right yeah that makes, makes a lot of sense so should you be fearful of like having a spark with somebody like always chasing a spark yeah and this is what I always say and I know that I get um people that are like oh but you know you have to have some kind of spark I think it's very different you know you can have chemistry with someone you can have a connection with someone but you shouldn't feel like the first time you ever meet someone it's just like oh my god like this this is that this is them this is the one because that is generally a very big sign that could be a trauma bond that's happening there because you don't actually know them you, right. and when you're getting attached to texting and we have to be careful as actually attachment style because we can easily we attach to words not actions so we get attached to texting we get an attached to the dopamine hit of the good morning message which is why i talk about all the time or you know oh my god they really like me they really want me and it creates this false sense of security and actually in a few weeks time they might not they they probably actions don't meet their words and suddenly they're gone and it but you think you've been in love but you haven't you've been attached to the love and the attention and the false hope that they, the fantasy of what they've given you yeah or it's like you for me at least it would be like um you're texting a lot and like that for a while satisfies you because you are getting that like hit but then later when it's not going further you're like wait a second like what's happening and then I would get more anxious and more like oh my god but like I need something more I need something you know so it feels like needy Mm -hmm. um for me at least that's how it felt or it's like okay but I need this and but you're not giving it to me but it's like also no one ever promised you that you know like it's like I I made that assumption myself yeah and because by that point you had self-abandoned you had prioritized this person put them on a pedestal mm. it's like then you become needy you be it's because your needs are not being met because you're not meeting them anymore and that's okay because you didn't even know how to meet them really in the first place because when it comes to love because you've learned to self-abandon your whole life so it's really normal and really the, the trick but it's very difficult if you haven't dealt with your root cause of your anxious attachment style like this is what I say to everyone you know I could say to someone 
set boundaries. I can say to you right now, set boundaries, say no. But there is going to be this huge anxiety in you that is going to make it really hard for you to do that unless you have done the work on your root cause of the anxious attachment style. And when you do that and that inner child, then it makes it so much easier for you not to self-abandon. Even though every fibre in you might want to, you still have you are able to then to control it to know, no, I'm not going to do that. And then it keeps you in safer relationships or if they're not the right person for you you haven't lost anything or to be able to walk away too because I think that's also a thing that we see a lot um when we talk to people is just like people will stay in relationships Mm -hmm. that aren't like doing much for them because they feel like there's not going to be something else um on the other side yeah, and that is anxious attachment style because you have an abandonment wound. So the worst thing you fear is an, is abandoning, even though you are literally abandoning yourself so that they do not abandon you. That's crazy. Isn't that like a mind-blowing, mm-hmm. like where you're like, wait, that's why? Like, that's crazy yeah. to me. Because yeah. it's easier to hurt yourself first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but if you think about it, that's just learned behavior that you've learned in childhood yeah. of your idea of love. So you're just, you know hold it on to the the good times no matter how far and few they are and then running chasing when when things aren't that great you're running after that to get that back can we clarify so like with dopamine hits like you're getting the text the good morning like somebody you're casually talking to or if even if you're in a relationship like can we like there's a difference of that like needing that hit for an action anxious attachment style then like say you're in a relationship and they decide to not communicate with you for a week and that not being okay right like it's not like that's not the dopamine hit that's them being jerks and like you needing to get rid of them right (laughs) yeah absolutely and and I get like there are like fine lines or something that I know I, I get people write on my things all the time like Oh, how is this not ready? It's not. It's about the behavior. It's the difference. It's like, it's the it's the behavior of if you need it, then that's that's a problem. Yeah. Of course, if somebody has if you're in a relationship with someone and they haven't communicated for a whole week, they've got a problem. Like there's something going on there, which is probably their attachment style. That is, you know, something that's there that's wrong. It's very different to you know if you're just dating someone, you're getting to know someone you don't even know who they are and then suddenly you know they haven't sent you a good morning message and you're like oh my god how could you not send me a good morning message blah 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 like and or you're or you might not say anything but you're like so angry about it because your nervous system is all triggered and everything that is very different yeah sorry I had a little bit I'm I'm with you here I think that okay so let's say though like you are in a relationship and a behavior changes is that what you were going to ask yeah no Uh, I was something different but along the lines go okay I think like I've definitely been in relationships where like um and because I'm anxiously attached like I I, like I feel like those things are very I can feel them happening and it's like I can feel them it feels like they're pulling away but sometimes they're actually not pulling away and it's just like they might I don't know it's less about a good morning text but like I feel like you can feel it right like or at least my nervous system is like telling me fight fight or flight type vibes where I'm like uh why does it feel like this is this energy has changed um how do you I guess (laughs) I don't know what I'm trying to ask here but like how do you know the difference I guess I I know it's like action-based but 
if it's just an energy field, that's just you feeling anxious. How do you communicate with your partner that you need not validation, but like, I don't know, is what I'm saying making sense? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as an anxious attachment style, you will be very hypervigilant to changes. Um, this It is a difficult one because you can be triggered very easily as anxious attachment style. Um, and you can sense them putting away, but even they might, so they might not even be putting away because they just, you know, sometimes it's, we're humans. It's not, right. they've got their own shit going on. It's not that simple for them to be always, you know, focused. And, you know, I'm going to say as men, sometimes that they can only handle one thing that's going on at one time as well. And that can be just about that. So I think it's important to, look at kind of what's going on and how this person is making you feel overall because there is definitely a thing where you know we do attach to insecure attachment styles so that means there is a familiarity there which can mean that yes if we're with an avoidant for instance they will pull away and you will feel that in your gut you will know that that is happening so it just kind of depends on overall how much how does this person make you feel Mm. do you feel safe are your needs being met in this relationship? Because if they are, when they do kind of pull away or need space or something's going on, it's easier for you to not be triggered in that time. And then you've got to be able to have the communication. If you are in a partnership with someone, I guess being able to just check and trust that what they're saying to you is is right. These are all very different things of actual attachment style because we automatically it's based on fear so we automatically fear the worst which is why it helps to do the work because then you can see so when I work with people it's really easy to connect the dots from okay what is playing out here what is actually here and what's that inner child inside of you and when you can connect the dots it means you can control it without it sabotaging your relationship too much okay that makes sense did that answer the question no yeah and it it makes me feel better (laughs) like if I was in a relationship I'm not in a relationship but it makes me feel better that I could like work through that stuff too because I think in the past I've definitely like um done the self-abandoning thing where I would just be like okay well how do I make him happy um so that he doesn't leave but then you just completely um don't care about how you feel like and you're not communicating how you feel um so yeah yeah and and it's gonna naturally happen because it's just your default and what you will think is you know what happens is you might as a single person be totally focused on you but then as soon as you like someone as soon as you're attached to that attachment even at the beginning of dating you know the first few weeks you might be yourself you might be sassy and you might be able to and then as soon as you're attached bam it's like oh my god what's going on like it's yeah. a different and so it like it is that reaction and and so you know you have to learn how like a where that's coming from b what like not to react to it and then see to change that for yourself because it's only feeding into those beliefs that I'm not good enough that they're going to leave me I'm not chosen I'm not wanted I'm not loved which is not true but it's that inner child inside of you that is literally going ah help me help me help me Mm. and so it's it's not easy but it can definitely be done but you have to make sure the person you're doing it with is a safe person in the first place yeah 
that obviously that was not the case for this scenario (laughs) and like I think I knew that which is why I was like resisting it so much um like my gut knew but I didn't want to like let it go you know what I mean yeah and that's the thing we always know Mm -hmm. our instinct always knows and before I came on here actually I got asked a question like how do you know if it's just overthinking your anxiety or whether it's your instinct and your instinct is really quiet you know if somebody tells you a lie you know straight away your instinct tells you this person there's something not right here there's someone lying to you it's that we just doubt it because of fear and mm-hmm. we know it but as actually attachment style we've learned to doubt our reality we've probably been gaslit our whole entire lives as children even and so we are we literally are so disconnected from ourselves that we don't trust ourselves we trust other people over ourselves which is why it's so dangerous do you feel like women are often more anxiously attached than men I don't I'm sure you've worked with both men and women but I feel like when I see stuff about anxious attachment style or avoidant um on TikTok or on Instagram I feel like it feels like anxious attachment is more female focused and avoidant feels more male focused yeah so I think there's a generalization of that um I don't know how accurate that is I probably would have thought that ages ago long time ago anyway because before I did what I do you know let's face it crazy women has always been a thing that we've we've been coined which is not crazy at all it's it's our anxiety it's anxious attachment style which comes from trauma it's a real problem we're not crazy it's a it's an attachment trauma um so I think there is that thing but I definitely have had lots of male clients that have it and their symptoms are exactly the same so I don't know how comfortable I am to be like actually I see the stereotypes I don't I don't know, but I don't know. So I don't know that we 100% know. And I definitely have known avoidant women at the same time. So I think attachment trauma doesn't really discriminate. Like it, right. it's neutral. Yeah. yeah. Sweeping generalization. Trauma. <laughs> 100%. I think women happen to talk about it more. Are you trying um, to work through it more? That's a good know? point. That's yeah and and this is the thing is that because you know actually attachment style is so and anxiety is so loud and painful and we react so much from it it's easier to see that than maybe an avoidant who is just shutting it down so an anxious person is more likely to get help for it quicker than an avoidant because an avoidant is avoiding it and an anxious person is going crazy so they, so they want to do something about it because it's so consuming for them which is not necessarily for an avoidant mm. okay I never thought of it that way that's probably a better way to see it mm-hmm. I feel like you've had a million questions Nikki so yeah yeah I'm just thinking you know self-diagnosing myself here um but I I keep going back to the good morning text and I processed this question multiple times to myself while we were talking. Would a person who doesn't like a good morning text be considered avoidant or would that like who hates it be avoidant? But like if you don't want it until you know somebody, would that actually be secure? Like, you know, the guys who just like love bomb you and say, you know, like we were talking about, like there's yeah. girls who who love it, like and demand it. And then they're like, I'm repulsed by them. 
right that's a good way to be um no so there's nothing wrong with the good morning message and obviously if it's someone you like you want a good morning message once you know them yeah you but you yeah exactly you know you just naturally want to say good morning to the person you like or you're in a relationship with and that's great the difference is is that people are using it like you know people know that it hooks us in and you know we are actually there are women that want it but we want it because we want it for reassurance that they're thinking of us and that they want us and that creates that false sense of oh my god they like us so much they think of us but as I always say literally AI could send you a bloody good morning message now it doesn't mean anything it doesn't tell you if they're emotionally available an avoidant can send you a good morning message it doesn't a narcissist could send you a good morning message it's not telling you anything and you're just getting attached from it so for me I would not want I mean when I when I was actually attached of course I you know everything was about the good morning message if they sent me a good morning message great they must really like me and the minute they don't you're like triggered and they've lost interest and that's it what have I done and it's just not worth it for that so for me I would not even unless I was like I knew the person really and I was in a relationship with them I don't care for anyone I don't care to get attached to a good morning message I don't want anyone to send me a good morning message to hook me in and get me attached I would rather we have less contact and we go on actual dates and see if I like this person or if they are compatible with me and actually before I'm even attached to them. Like that is the healthier way to do it. Good. 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 Because yeah. some women think I'm a psycho. I mean, but yeah. If it was someone you liked, would you want a good morning message? Um, I mean, yeah, but I wouldn't demand it. And like, it might be, I would rather have something more like, of something a more substance like later in the day and be like tell me something like funny that happened in their day or like checking in after work and was like how was your day you know not yeah. just a good morning yeah that's nice and I, and I think great like that is good you want to build something sustainable you don't want someone to go on autopilot and send you a good morning message that they could send to a million different people mm-hmm. like you want there to be more and my point with the good morning message even more is yes you want it and that's great and yes we like it I like it too but there is no point if that is all it is like if so if somebody's just texting and good morning message and you're hooked to that and there's no substance behind it there's no um really trying to get to know you or take you out or do these things with you or build anything or even be able to have actual communication around what is even going on here and all of these stuff a lot of people are hiding behind these quick dopamine hits and as an extra attachment style we will say nothing we'll just go along with it mm-hmm. and then we'll be the ones heartbroken and just don't make that mistake because it's it means nothing and they'll think twice they won't think twice it's not like when they've gone they're not going to be like oh I did used to send her a good morning message all the time my god I really miss doing that they'll be honest <laughs> I had a guy on Hinge who would not even continue a conversation and then just every morning send good morning. Like, I'd leave well, it's a question. Almost like they do it to everybody then. Yeah. Like, wait, who are you sending this to? It's just like a, a list of girls. Like, it's weird. Um, Yeah, I think I don't really like it either unless it's attached to some other substance but if you're just getting a good morning text in the morning and then literally nothing else like what's I don't see the point in that either 
it's like okay but we haven't met yet I think it almost annoys me more when you haven't met yet if we've met before or we've had like a FaceTime or something that makes more sense to me that you're like actually I don't want to say attached but like that you're communicating with me that makes more sense to me but I don't know I don't get why dudes do it if we haven't even met yet yeah yeah absolutely and I think you just have to be careful of getting stuck in that routine of they send me a good morning message every day because the second that they don't send that good morning message it's painful Uh, yeah and so actually having like I always talk about constant contact I don't want constant contact I don't want someone if I don't if we haven't built something sustainable here I don't want you on my message like I don't care for any of that stuff because actually you're just going to get addicted to that and Mm -hmm. actually when that stops or one day they're so busy they can't be bothered to do it or they haven't got they are not able to do it to them it's nothing but to you oh my god it's your anxious thoughts it's you're obsessed with it you're consumed you're you're blaming yourself what did I do like it's your whole conversations with everyone it's everything because of your anxious attachment style so you have to protect yourself from these things and that is part of managing your anxious attachment style too I automatically go to I'm too needy like that when I don't get something like that you know or I've been talking with someone for a while and I don't I'm like oh my god it's me I'm too needy but then I make it about myself which is obviously the anxious attachment style issue yeah but if you think about it but but also why we get stuck in these cycles addicted to them Mm -hmm. rather than the person that is actually consistent with us that actually might not send us messages all the time at the beginning because they don't know us and why would they try and force a relationship um but those people we see as boring and there's no spark which is why we have to be careful about the no spark thing um because actually a lot of us as as children subconsciously would have been in this pattern of you know I'm doing good I'm getting I'm getting some love oh no it's taken away from me you're triggered it's the same thing that happens you get triggered and then you just learn to work harder I'll work harder for that love to get their attention back work harder work harder work harder so it's just that pattern that you're used to and actually your nervous system doesn't know that actually this is not love this is Mm -hmm. not yeah I always like when I was younger in my 20s I was always like I need someone who's like quirky and fun and interesting and I think that was that whole spark thing where I was like I need this like I remember um I just moved back here I was 24 and I went on a match.com date with this guy like three or four dates and it was fine and but I was like this is boring next and I really regret that because he was a really great guy like a really nice guy and boring I want to say I don't think I was actually bored I think I just was so attached to this spark thing especially because I was so young I was um you know obsessed with like romance novels and all this stuff and I just was like okay but it's just not there and I think I saw like almost like I'm gonna be bored like I'm gonna get married and like this what is this life you know um but yeah that's I don't know now that's like all I want is like makes me a little bit sad you know that I was like boring equates to bad and no spark um and that I don't know I mean I'm glad I'd don't do that anymore but but don't be hard on yourself because that's just the trauma response yeah attachment totally I mean 24 too like I don't did not know myself at all so obviously wasn't even ready for that so (laughs) he he probably won in that situation (laughs) 
Exactly. And I think, you know, I I put a post recently that was about a spark and trauma bond and somebody wrote to me and said <laughs> that I was suggesting, they were saying basically that they were with someone that there wasn't a spark and that wasn't the answer either. And because they weren't actually attracted to them, there wasn't chemistry. And so they were blaming me <laughs> for giving this this advice. Oh. And it was like, first of all, I'm if you just because they're boring or whatever they are they're like the, they're not different to what you've known right you're gonna be attracted to every single one doesn't mean they're the person just because you found a healthy person it sounds <laughs> like you could find somebody else that you are attracted to that is also healthy it doesn't you're not just gonna be attracted to every healthy person like that's fine <laughs> um so you have to be careful of that and also I think I think people make a mistake of like oh um you know when we met there wasn't that spark so you know that can't grow that kind of chemistry that attraction can't grow but actually I think that when you've done the work on it and you're ready for that kind of relationship the safety element of things when something when somebody makes you feel so safe and it brings out that side of you that feels that you can just be yourself and they love you for that which comes over time it comes building that over time and that is that real safety, that real like thing that you've actually been faking in a lot of these quick, you know, hits of sparks. Actually, that is amazing. That's going to make you feel a hundred times better than any of these quick hits because you're actually able to really be yourself and actually enjoy it. And the chemistry comes, it, the, you know, everything comes. It grows over time and you feel better because you're safe and your nervous system isn't always packed and triggered. Mm -hmm. And that's the yeah do you think an insecure person with insecure attachment has to date somebody with a secure attachment or can like two insecures work make a right yeah uh no so um <laughs> no so if you're an insecure attachment style dating someone with a secure attachment style is going to be a hundred times easier because they're going to make you feel more secure so it's going to lessen your insecure attachment style which I think people also make this mistake because they say you know I get this a lot of my ex gave me anxious attachment style they did not give you anxious attachment style and your attachment style is born in childhood the difference is is that one person might trigger that more in you but it doesn't mean and you might have been with a more secure person before that might have not triggered it so much but there definitely would have been those people pleasing tendencies and all those things just like I explained when I was married I, I didn't have necessarily anxiety but I had all these symptoms it was always there it just didn't show up but when I was with an avoidant attachment style that's when the anxiety is really 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 overwhelming and so that is why it's very difficult for the insecure attachment styles to happen to to make a relationship work. It's not impossible, but it, it's really painful because you are basically just triggering each other all the time, all mm -hmm. the time. You know, an avoidant wants space and independence and doesn't like closeness and vulnerability and and all of that stuff. An anxious person needs closeness and reassurance all the time and and everything. It's like a complete recipe for disaster. And so, but, but it's a lot of people are stuck in these these cycles, which is fine. And the, the difference to that is you can make it work if you're both willing to do the work. Mm -hmm. You're both willing to take responsibility for your both attachment styles and then maybe find a common ground together, then I think it can work. But you both have to be willing to do that, not just one or the other. And it, sometimes it tends to be 
one or the other that is more willing to do it than the other that's hard because it's like it feels like you're as an anxious attachment style always attracting those kind of people too I know that you have to do the work to get out of that cycle um but do you think that's why people are like I just I can only find emotionally unavailable people is because they're not doing like the work to get out of that cycle yeah absolutely but also anxious attachment style you're emotionally unavailable as well right yeah we just don't think we are yeah so you're going to attract that emotional availability because that's what you are as well um and I know we don't think it because yeah we do we think we can love we but we over love it's not it's not necessarily healthy at the same time and then as soon as you know somebody rejects us or it feels like a rejection to us which is very easily easy to happen then it like then we we might react or shut down and and whatever that is they're still emotionally unavailable you know our our basis is around them reassuring us them validating us them sending us this and soothing us and until we can kind of do that for ourselves Mm. we can't actually just accept this person for who they are and be in this relationship and enjoy the relationship ourselves because we are also acting from that place of fear yes i'm over here just trying to figure out what i am (laughs) so you can do a test online and i I know and it says i'm secure um great well done I don't know if that's true. <laughs> well, you know? I think we did those when um okay, so I know you said like your ex doesn't like indicate what kind of attachment style you are. So, but I had read somewhere that like you only you take the t- test based off of your last relationship basically. Well, the t- test when we took the test, I was in a relationship with an avoidant person. Yeah. <laughs> that was good then great um I, it's not that your ex doesn't so what I get told a lot is like my ex made me anxious attachment style and that is incorrect. not true yeah yeah because when you look at it, it it comes from childhood full stop it doesn't come from an ex but yes you might have experienced it more but if you look at it you know look at the symptoms have you always been a people pleaser do you overthink? Are you hypervigilant? Are you, all of these these things will show up in not just your love relationships. They'll show up in every relationship. They'll show up in your business. They'll show up in your in your work relationships. You know, no boundaries. You have boundaries. All of these things are all common indicators that you that are uh, that anxious attachment style is at play. Um, but it will just come out in different situations, and in particular, love is the weakness for us. Mm. So. It will come out even more in our love romantic relationships. So have you self-diagnosed over there or no? <laughs> no, because now I'm like kind of worried that I'm the one that we use the one that you said is really bad. Um, it's the fearful avoidant. If I was you, I would take I, you've taken the test. <laughs> I've taken it. Yeah. I know. I think there's <laughs> a problem. <laughs> she's like I'm not your therapist I know I know I know no Um, no I I think I mean you it I mean it's I don't know enough about your situation but you've taken a test you were with in a relationship with an avoidant Mm -hmm. so you probably if you were anxious you definitely would have felt that anxiety in that relationship if you did did. I I was I was anxious when he stopped talking me for a week and I was pissed that he wouldn't talk to me and then we discussed it and then we ended up breaking up because he didn't communicate so okay. that does that make me secure? 
yeah. because I set my what I needed yeah and I, that's exactly what I was going to say because you walked away so yeah. an anxious person wouldn't have done that an anxious person would have sat for a week anxious probably calling them texting them in an absolute mess the whole time and then they would have come back explained what blah 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 and even though they wouldn't have wanted to continue they would have continued because walking away would have been the hardest thing for them to do and setting boundaries would have been the hardest so they would have accepted it and the next time around it would have been two weeks that the person didn't speak mm. to them and they would have stayed in it not because they wanted to but because they were so anxiously attached to it yeah so I think it would suggest that, you, and, and and obviously you're going to feel like, first of all, you might feel anxiety that someone yeah. doesn't speak to you for a week and it's somebody that you're in a relationship with. Yeah. I mean, that would be pretty normal. That's pretty normal. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's the way you dealt with it would suggest, yeah, that you, yeah. You, know, you didn't, you you weren't allowing this to happen again. And that's very different. Look at me go. My trauma <laughs> didn't completely me up yay you won, yay. You won the attachment style lottery with that one yeah. um, look at me <laughs> <laughs> oh nikki i know i know how did yeah we walked into this i was like yeah let's keep it super high level it's 9 a.m in the morning um i don't want to feel things i know <laughs> I like was anxious I was super anxious was she was like, so anxious fiddling with all these buttons yeah. um because about... ta- well because talking about it is scary vulnerable. yeah oh yeah yeah it's vulnerable yeah it's a lot but I mean I think this is super helpful to even just like understand what your patterns are mm-hmm. um and then to be able to like figure out how to I, well can just you talk about your programs because I mean like I feel like we've naturally gotten to a place where it's like okay so now how do I like work through this yeah 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 absolutely so because um, I know this is so painful and you know obviously as somebody that has to manage it myself it's difficult I get it so I have programs in particular I have a signature program called anxious to secure in love um although one-to-one with me follows the same method basically it's a method that has worked with so many clients and has worked with me it's exactly what I've had to do um and it covers all aspects of anxious attachment style so it's the healing of anxious attachment style it's the inner child healing which is what I believe has really changed everything and I, I for me and what I see with my clients um so it's like getting to the root cause of that attachment style because honestly I honestly believe unless you're willing to face the root cause you will just keep repeating the same pattern over and over again so actually when you do that it's crazy like I see the the weight that lifts off people mm-hmm. um, but then it's also like the needs aspect of things because we don't even know what our needs are um so it's learning what those needs are and how to meet them ourselves and how we get them met in relationships it's um your triggers learning to manage your triggers because you are going to be triggered even to this day I still sometimes get triggered but the difference is is that I can control them they don't control me and that's you'll have those tools to do that um then it's boundaries as well because we don't have any boundaries and boundaries are there to protect us from being triggered and protect us from being walked over in anxiety and then the other part of it is communication because you know we fear communicating so badly and and 
you know we often communicate from a really anxious place so by the time you've got to that part in the in the in the program actually you're able to self-soothe and you're able to communicate and ask for what you need clearly without causing that conflict for two other people and in the relationship you can just ask for what you need in a confident mm. way so it's all aspects of it in, in in what I do and what I teach people that's awesome I love it well where can people find you so on Instagram, I am at Candice Tamara underscore. Um, I'm also on TikTok, the same. And yeah, you'll have all my details in there and my, you know, my links and everything like that. Perfect. So, thank you so much. I know. Thank you for joining us all the way from England. Yay. <laughs> um, my pleasure. It's been wonderful. It's been so great to have a, this conversation with you guys. And was, yeah, I loved it. So thank you awesome. so much. Thank you. Okay, we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Follow along with us on Instagram and TikTok at Swipe Bat. And if you're not a part of our private Facebook group, join that too. Just search Swipe Bat Podcast. And if you love us, make sure you subscribe and leave us a review.